This is Stories of Strength by MuscleTech, personal and inspirational tales that redefine strength. Welcome to today's episode of Stories of Strength, a podcast where we share personal and inspirational tales that redefine strength. I'm your host, Jay Cardiello, and today my guest is a professional rugby player with an incredible resume a member of the South African national team that won the 2019 World Cup and currently playing for the Cannon Eagles in the Japanese top league, Jesse Creel. Jesse, how are you today and welcome to the show. Jay, thanks. I'm all good, thanks. So good to be on the show with you guys and um, yeah, really excited to talk to you. Yeah, I'm excited about this podcast. So Jesse, before we get into your professional career and your injuries, Tell me a little bit about your childhood. What was that like? I had a wonderful childhood, uh, Jay. I've obviously got a twin brother who's actually farming about an hour out of New York at the moment. He plays over there in the oh, wow. in the rugby, the new rugby, the whole league that's going on over that side. So he's just moved to the United States and um, he signed a three-year contract. So, um, yeah, I had an awesome childhood with him growing up and I was re- really lucky to always have, I suppose, someone to, to go and play rugby with in the back garden or someone to, to, to throw a ball around with. So um, I was lucky in that sense. And uh, I've really got good memories from a really young age of, uh, of growing up with my brothers and, and, and playing rugby with them and, and other sports. That must have been amazing. Made some great conversations at dinner time for you guys. <laughs> yeah, there, were, there was always a bit of a few tears and, and things like that. I think <laughs> most of those games always ended up in, in tears or, or I've got a younger brother as well. So just other... Two, two of the two of them against me, or two of us against one, and yeah, they were always tears. So, good fun. <laughs> oh, that must have been great at the table. <laughs> so, for many of us who are not familiar with rugby, can you explain its popularity in South Africa? Yeah. So, to simplify it, it's like a, a religion here in South Africa. Wow. Um, I think people live rugby. They, it's everything. It's like American football in America, or. I mean, if you want to like it like that, just without helmets and, and pads and things, um, uh, it's good fun. And uh, yeah, everyone, kind of the whole country kind of comes to halt when the national team is playing on a Saturday. So it's, it's good fun and we all live by it. That is great. And I know some of the popularity is coming over to the States. I've seen a couple games here. There's a lot of pickup clubs in the New York City area. So I, so I know it's some popularity is coming here in the States, but it's great to hear about that in South Africa. So how did you get into playing rugby? I was invited at junior school. Uh, my brother and I were invited by a friend's father who coached the rugby team. We were six years old and um, he had invited us to come and play rugby. And I, I think it was just kind of to to make up numbers as, as there weren't a lot of guys in the, in our age group as we were from a small school. And yeah, it kind of just never looked back from there. We just got involved. And um, I think my brother and I were always a bit, a bit bigger than than most of the kids are age, so it, it, I suppose it helped a bit. And uh, yeah, we just, I suppose, fell in love with the game from a young age. And um, and luckily, we always had each other to kind of practice with and, like I said, play in the backyard. Now, your brother is actually a twin, is that correct? Yeah, he's a twin. Um, I'm three three minutes older, so I, I like to, <laughs> to think of myself as the, as the, as the more dominating one in the, in the twin pairing. Growing up, were you guys always competing against each other? Yeah, I think Dan, his name's Dan. We had a pretty competitive um, <laughs> relationship, if you want to call it that. <laughs> I think who could, who could eat the fastest, who could run the <laughs> fastest, who could, who could tackle the hardest. So yeah, it was uh, very competitive, but uh, we, 
he's my best friend and um yeah oh, that's it's, I mean, it's amazing having a having a twin i think we played a lot of our rugby together in the junior junior age groups and um we almost had like a connection that that no one i mean you can't really explain to anyone you just kind of know where the guy is or he just pops up in places that other people don't so i find myself very fortunate to have, have grown up with a twin and still have a best friend that i talk to every day that is great. And it must be great at home, too. When you're growing up, you had someone to not only compete against, but you also had someone to practice with. Did you guys practice a lot together in the backyard? Yeah, we, we, we always practice growing up. I think whenever I get the, even when I see him to, to this day, uh, whether it be over in the States or when he's back in South Africa, when we've got some free time or on holidays, we always end up training together. And whether it be running or, or, or passing or any kind of skill like that, uh, we, we, we tr- tend to take the time and I suppose it's also a place where we really bond as brothers and, and, and we, we our bond really grew uh, um, really strong growing up. Now, having somebody by your side all the time, like your brother, how did that impact you as a player? I think, I think it impacted me mentally a lot as, uh, more than, than it did uh, having someone to train with and things. I think as an athlete especially a younger athlete, you go through some tough times, whether it be in injuries or whether it be a tough day at, at, at training or a loss. Um, you've always got someone to talk to. And I think we were at boarding school growing up, so we were always kind of away from home. And I, he was always my, my bunkmate or my roommate, if you want to call it that. I don't know what you what it's called over there. But um, I always had someone that I could talk to. And I suppose not like a normal friend, but I mean, being my brother, you can kind of tell him anything, you know. So I was, I was lucky in that sense. I mean, even to this day, if I have a, a tough day or you go through an injury, you've always got something to kind of talk to about about how you're feeling and, and, and all the things that you're going through and experiencing. That is great. Now, where is he playing in the States? So he plays for the Seattle uh, Seawolves up in Seattle. But at, at the moment, he's uh, they're in the off season. So he's, he's down in, um, I don't know what the area is. It's about an hour out of uh, New York. And he's farming over there on a, on the owner of the club's farm. So he loves his farming. And uh, yeah, that's what he'll be doing in the off season. So yeah. That is great. That's some tough work farming. I think it's Pen- the area is Pennsylvania. Yes, so I, yes. If I'm not correct. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So he's absolutely loving it. He's got his, um, he's married with, with two kids and he's over that side and absolutely loving America. Um, he doesn't want to come back. So yeah. Oh, that is great. That is great. Now, Jesse, I read, I read that you, copied a key to get to the gym so you could work out at night <laughs> now has fitness always been a part of your life or did, in, did that interest run parallel with rugby yeah i think i think rugby was obviously something that that started it but i've always had a bit of an i don't know if you want to call it an obsession with with fitness i think we actually laughed about it it was my 10 year um, school reunion this year and uh, that best friend of mine whose father was the the vice principal of the school uh-huh. Who, who got the key cut for me? <laughs> we laughed about it and joked over it uh, over dinner. But um, yeah, it's I always kind of try to find ways and 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 means that or to do things that other people weren't doing and um, just try to go the extra mile. And it wasn't so much doing it because no one else was doing it, but it was doing it because it kind of it gave me. It still exercise to this day. It kind of gives me a kick, and uh, it's. I mean, I, I, I feel amazing and. And and uh, like I don't know how to explain it, but it's just it's it's so it's so so much fun, and I, I love doing it. So oh, that is great. Yeah, it's always been a, re- a real obsession for me. I think growing up. 
You're a lot like me because in college, I, I had a copy of the key for the gym and I used to sneak in with my buddies <laughs> to train extra at night. So I know exactly what it is. And fitness has always been a part of my life too. I was a track and field athlete. I was a long jumper at the university of Arkansas. Amazing. So we had, yeah, so we had an extra key. So we were always sneaking in past hours, just get an extra lift in to get ahead of the teams. <laughs> Yeah, man, you got it's, it's good, good memories, and, and that's where you make such awesome, um, I suppose, bonds between friends. And I mean, we used to leave the lights off because if the lights were on, <laughs> the, the, t- the teachers would come and kick us out. So it was always like staying low and 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 and, and crouched and lights off, and but just doing what we needed to do to get the job done. So oh, that is that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> now, now rugby is a very physical sport, and I have I have to ask about. It that brutal cut you got on your face last year, is this the kind of thing that usually happens in rugby? Yeah, I think this, obviously, like like, like you've seen, you don't, there are no helmets or, or pads or anything involved with rugby, and it's it's bone on bone. I mean, for 80 minutes, you're trying to kill the guy opposite you and you, and um, obviously trying to score tries or and, 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 and win the game. So I think, yeah, it's people kind of um, compare it to being in a car crash. 80 minutes of rugby is like being in a car crash. I always say to people, it's the best car crash you'll ever be in. It's 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 where I feel the most alive and um, it's what I love doing the most. So yeah, your body does take a knock, but I mean, I think through exercise and conditioning, you get used to it, you know, and it, it starts to become something that you can't live without. So I absolutely love love playing and, 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 and I'm so lucky and fortunate to be able to do it as a job. Now, do you guys, like in football here, we have sports scientists and strength and conditioning coaches and nutritionists. Do you guys have that with your rugby team as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got two strength and conditioning coaches at the Springboks. We've got data analysts that that obviously monitor all the GPS and load things. We've got dietitian, team dietitians. And so it's it's very similar. And I think a lot of our our team models and things like that are based off the NFL. I mean, I think the NFL is something that I've always kept a close eye on and it's still something that I'd want to, I'd want to like maybe cross over to one day and, and go really? give it a, give it a <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, we always stay up and, and, and watch a few of the guys in the national team over here, the Springboks, we stay up and, and, and watch some NFL games, especially when we're over in Japan, when I'm with my club over there. So we, we do follow and, and, and we obviously love the game. I think it's uh, the athleticism that's shown in, in, in NFL is something to that's i don't think a lot of uh, other sports can compare to so it's also very similar to rugby and it's yeah well the boys love it so i think our team models and bases like you've asked in terms of strength and conditioning coaches and uh, all of that is very similar to to what we have over here in south africa oh that's wonderful so with with strength and conditioning coaches are you guys do you guys have like off season along that line well where you guys are deconditioning how is it set up with a season and off season training yeah, so we obviously got we get off season programs and then pre season programs and then in season programs like we are in at the moment. So um, the, our strength and conditioning coach at the Springboks, Andy Edwards, he's a he's a he's a British guy. Headed up Saracens, a very successful rugby team for for just over fifteen years. A lot of experience, and he kind of is in communication with each and every single individual in the squad every day and on, on what they need to do and what's expected of them in terms of volume and, and, and things like that. So he kind of gives you a structure to your week and it's, it's something that you, you kind of live by, you know, so we're very fortunate in, 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 in that sense, not having to think too much and just actually getting the work done. 
Wow, that's amazing. I used to coach, um, I coached the NFL for a little while with the Tampa Buccaneers, and then I was at the XFL and Arena League, so I know the what you Bucks. guys go. Yeah, wow. the Bucks. Yeah, nice. hopefully they're going to go far this year, so we'll have to see with Tom yeah, Brady. Man. But, you know, the offseason planning, I was doing some research. You guys are a lot like the NFL with your offseason programs and and getting the body deconditioned and then conditioned during in-season. So you guys are very, very similar, almost parallel in terms of your training. Now, you could practice your skills and make your body ready for the level of physicality, but what does it take in terms of mental preparation? Yeah, I think mental preparation is everything. I'm a huge Brady fan, by the way. So, <laughs> Oh, that is great. When you talk about mental preparation, um, I think he's obviously the, 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 the standard that everyone obviously sets themselves to. And I mean, you can do as much training as you want in, in the preseason and you can be physically conditioned and ready to go. But I think... I call it the top two inches. Having that that kind of that, that edge on, on other athletes is is what makes or what differentiates you from being good to being really, really, really good. And I think that's something that I kind of try to train as well, putting myself in in, in big pressure situations, and then obviously playing in in the biggest games against other countries is is where you kind of test yourself. You know, that's why we call them test matches in rugby because you kind of it's a test of your character, a test of your mental skill physically so um yeah i think that's a huge part of our game as well wow now jesse i'm part of what they call the 5 a.m club i get up at 5 a.m i do incantation meditation i'll do my workout and then i'll take an ice shower do you subscribe to any sort of mental things that you do on an everyday basis or maybe you have any morning rituals that you do each and every day to prepare yourself not only for as an athlete but actually as a person yeah I've, I'm, I'm not uh don't know too much about the 5am club i've heard a bit about it and i think it's awesome but i think the big lesson in that and something that i try and apply to my um daily i suppose life is is consistency i think waking up at at a, at a, at a similar hour every day i eat kind of the same breakfast every morning um, <laughs> what do you have for breakfast i eat oats every morning with some peanut butter <laughs> some some blueberries and that's kind of and and, and just a Amer- americana coffee every day of my life so the consistency <laughs> and small things like that other people will say it's boring but i, I always believe that consistency wins and um yeah it's, it's i've always been a, a firm believer in that and then um I suppose just kind of preparing myself mentally for each day when i, I obviously wake up if it be in half an hour or an hour earlier just so that i can enjoy my time that i'm not rushed and uh, kind of get ready for my day so i think small things like that are just things like you've said that kind of structure your day and set you up to have a really successful day and, and win your day you know i think if you nail the small things early on um, in your day i always end up having a really positive successful day so and i think that's what it's about it's just about getting better every day and, and beating yesterday so i think that's awesome i'll definitely have a look into that 5 a.m club yeah, you could, you could find a lot of information on Instagram, but you can also look it up. And there's some really great things that a lot of the scientists have shown that if you win the morning, you win your day. And by, by implementing certain things with your mindset first thing in the morning, it's you'll achieve much more. Or even, even 42% just by writing your goals down, you can achieve your goals. So there's certain things that you can do and implement as an athlete. Yeah, it is. It really is amazing. So despite the physicality, it seems like you guys have a lot of respect for one another. And I know at 2015 World Cup, one of the most enduring moments of the tournament was when your team lost to New Zealand and Sonny Williams came over to talk to you instead of celebrating with his team. Do you remember what he said? Yeah, I mean, after that game, it was obviously we had a rough start to the tournament. Uh, we, we lost to Japan, which 
they had a great day on the game, but it wasn't expected. You know, we, we had never lost to Japan before and it was a kind of a shock to everyone in our country. And so we had a rocky start to the tournament, but obviously built our way up nice and strongly into the semi-final where, where, where that, that incident happened. And I think I, uh, we were just so broken. I mean, it's, it's knockout rugby where if you lose, you fall out of the tournament. So we'd obviously been knocked out with, and it was two points that separated us from going on and winning the World Cup final. And uh, Sonny Ball came up to me after the game. He's just like, hey, brother, keep your head up. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. And um, I think to be able to be that humble and, and do something, a gesture like that, after winning a semi-final, and I know how happy and and I, I am after a, after a victory. And for him to show that humility and come up to me and and, and, and do that was, um, yeah, it just speaks volumes of, of rugby and and. and the, I think it's a it's a it's a gentle a, a gentleman's game played played by yeah not so gentlemanly yeah. like guys <laughs> on the field you know where do you yeah. Jesse where do you think that cultural respect comes from I just think it's a I can only talk for South Africa and how I've been brought up but I mean rugby is it's it's always been about going hard at each other for eighty minutes trying to take each other's heads off and 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 smash each other and then after the game walking up to each other, shaking each other's hands and, and I mean, uh, sharing some good laughs or, or drinks after the game, you know. So that's always how I was brought up watching rugby and, and, and seeing other people play. And it's just, a, I suppose, a mutual respect. There isn't a lot of, um, I suppose, guys that have got big egos and, and, and big things like that. And I think that's why I love rugby so much because the humility shown of, of athletes, regardless of how much they've achieved, or the, the the greatness that they've they've achieved in their careers, they still remain humble and and show each other respect. And I think that's something that's potentially lacking in other sports around the world. I think a lot, a lot of the the guys and their individual achievements get put over the team and, and and over others. And I think it's something that that makes rugby really special. Yeah, that is special. You know, I do see a lot of cultural respect afterwards. And what I mean by that is that, you know, being a track and field athlete, I see the respect of the culture afterwards, you know, 10 years removed from the game or even, you know, not, I don't coach anymore professionally, but there's a now a mutual respect that we have for each other and it comes after and the respect doesn't come during the game. So it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that you guys have that cultural respect. We see that afterwards, years after removing the play, we don't see it during. So it's very, very interesting. We hope you're enjoying Stories of Strength brought to you by MuscleTech. Whether you're an elite athlete, weekend warrior, or just trying to stay healthy, MuscleTech believes in growing stronger together. Discover products formulated to help you achieve your strength and fitness goals at Walmart, GNC, and everywhere you find premium supplements. Now, getting back to your injuries, you suffered an ankle injury prior to 2019 World Cup. Can you take the listeners through what happened and were you able to physically, and how were you able to physically come back and play? Yes, yeah, so I basically, obviously the 2019 um, year was, was the year we won the Rugby World Cup in Japan. And um, uh, that World Cup was obviously started, started in, uh, yeah, we played Super Rugby, which was a competition leading up into the, into the World Cup. And I had torn my syndesmosis and my ATFL ligaments in my ankle completely off on the 26th of April, which was a few months 
before the World Cup and obviously red lights start flashing and you think, flip, am I going to make it? Um, am I going to be ready? I obviously had to play some more rugby before then to kind of prove to selectors that I was the right guy and, and, and the right person to go into the to World Cup and, and be up for selection. So went to the surgeon and um, literally the, it happened on the Saturday and on the Sunday I was seeing the surgeon and um, ready to operate on Monday. And um, he said that, listen, yeah, it's normally a 10-week 10, eight to ten week injury if we rehab and, and do everything aggressively and I said to him I don't have that that amount of time I need to be back within between five and eight weeks five and seven weeks and he said okay well this is what I've got to do I've got to do exactly this changed basically my whole diet kind of set some goals and got a whole team together um, on WhatsApp we got a obviously our team doctor the rehab specialist uh, the surgeon was all everyone was on that group and we kind of all set goals together so yeah, I ended up playing. It was playing five weeks from from when the operation happened, and and to when I played in the quarterfinal in New Zealand against against the Hurricanes. It was five weeks, so I literally halved halved the expected time of of of, of return, and kind of it's the quickest anyone's ever come back from that operation through that surgeon. So it was yeah, it was so it's amazing what happens when you when you set your mind to. Just you set your mind on something and get the right people around you. So um, it's it's always been something that I based, especially with injuries. If you get your head right, uh, like you said, the power of the mind and get your head right earlier on, and 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 kind of not be a victim. I think when you get injured, uh, it's easy to become a victim and kind of feel sorry for yourself. So I always call it being on the rock, being on the rocks for twenty four hours, where yeah, you, you feel bad and you and you and you're sorry for yourself. But after that twenty four hours of, of being on the rocks, you kind of you get back on course and and then and, and start looking for solutions and get solution based. So yeah. You said something very poignant. I always ask myself, whenever we're going through a hard time, I always say, Do I want to be a victor or a victim? Yeah. And I always choose victor. So yeah. it's a, it's a it's a very poignant statement that you just made. Did you through your injury struggle mentally at all? Yeah, I think you. I mean, you, every athlete knows, or every person knows, that through through injuries and hard times like that, you do struggle. There is some sort of struggle. But I think self talk is something that I've learned, or the, the learned the importance of through through injuries and t- tough times like that. I think how you speak to yourself and the voices that go on and and, and are are present in your head are massive in any sport or in things in life. I think how you talk to yourself the positive affirmations and, and the things you tell yourself through tough times like that is are inevitably what's, what makes you become, I suppose, more resilient and, and it develops that grit. You know, I, I don't know if you, if you, you, I call it grit that, that you can't get rid of it. You know, I mean, that person just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming again. They don't ever give up. Or, and I think that's, that's what makes an athlete pretty hard to beat. Yeah, it's all about the mindset. It is definitely about the mindset and the self-talk. So you, you made some very valid points about that one. Now, you ended up injuring your hamstring and being unable to play for the remainder of the tournament. What was it like after you worked so hard to get back and then have another injury? Yeah, it's hard to explain to people. I mean, you work. I worked so hard after that ankle and I was... Play, I played every single test match and I was involved in every single game leading up to the World Cup from 2018 right through to 2019. And then in the first game of the World Cup, your your hamstring and it's a freak thing. It's just someone else. Your leg, my leg got caught and they kind of cleaned me over a breakdown and I just heard a, a pop in my hamstring and I knew immediately flip there's something wrong here. And then 
it's just it just shows you again how how these things aren't in your control and all you can do is kind of prepare as well as you can and uh but yeah i was gutted man i was i was so disappointed but then again 24 hours or two days after that 48 hours i had already got every a plan together with uh, with the rehab staff and the doctors and was on to the next job and got back to south africa and started getting ready again for in case there was an opportunity for me to go back into the competition and and get it rehab so i think being being solution based and, and and focusing on what you can control through tough times like that is is really important and i think that's that's what i've learned through injuries and and tough times like that is is just focusing on the on what you can control i think your mind where it where it goes uh, not let it wonder wonder too much is something you can control and then i think also the the people you spend your time with, with through tough times like that are really important. If you've got people that are really positive and uh, that, that, that have good energy, I think that helps a lot as well. You know, you don't want people that are negative and uh, draining when, you, when you're going through a tough time like that because it just kind of adds to that downward spiral, you know? Yes, Jesse, it's very important who we surround ourselves with. You know, we're actually, Jesse, the average of the five people we hang out with the most. It's so interesting. So whoever you surround yourself with, you are the average, the five people that you hang out with the most. So make sure, you know, your listeners as well as Jesse, make sure that circle who's, that you're around, surrounding yourself with is very positive. And I know a lot about injuries. I had 16 major surgeries. I broke my spine in track and field and I was wearing a body cast. So I completely empathize with what you had gone through. And, and uh, you know, the what goes on in the mind, people understand when you have an injury and then you want to get back and then you get back there and the same thing happened to me. I got back there and then I broke my spine. It was just like, wow. And if I didn't have not only the right people, but if I didn't have the mindset, I don't know where it would be today. So it's, 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 it's well, definitely amazing, man. That's, that's resilience yeah. right there. <laughs> it, it is. Well, that's, yeah. what our, that's what our yeah. stories of strength is all about. Now you were able to return to Japan to see your team win the world cup. Was that moment bittersweet, and was it hard not being able to pitch for that? Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't bittersweet because I had given everything that I could possibly give to the team, and I'd I'd sacrificed everything and, and put my body on the line in every single game and, and minutes on the field. So going back there, I, I was kind of at peace with, with with what had happened with the injury. I mean, the rest was out of my control, and I mean, you can only do so much. So I, I went back there to kind of support the team as much as I could. I was helping with analysis on other on other teams we were playing against from back home. So I was just trying to help wherever I could to to help uh, us towards success and, and getting a, a good result on the weekend. And I suppose that's all that matters. And it's the beauty of team sport. You know, it's not about, about the individual. It's about helping everyone else win. And I mean, think I've definitely learned over the years that, that winning together is, is better than winning alone. It was just so awesome when you when you get that medal at the end. I mean, it's a squad of 30 guys. Everyone gets the medal and everyone's a winner. So regardless if you're on the field or not, it's a, it's a squad effort. And um, I was just so relieved and happy when we had won that, when the whistle went in that, that Rugby World Cup final in, in 2019. And it's just, we had... Uh, kind of reached our goal and and all the sacrifice and hard work was was worth it you know so yeah it was amazing 
Jesse, you know, I, I want to say this. Your answers are very poignant, but they're they're very impactful. You know, after your career, I would I would really like to see you maybe as a, as a mindset coach or some sort of coach, and maybe it isn't even rugby because you have a lot to share. But not only that, adding to that, your words are so poignant and your words are so set on the mindset that it's just not only amazing to speak to you, but it's also it's it's a great understanding that I've had to see a person who's been through so much come out so positively. So you should you should really not only take hold of that, but also too, you know, thinking in the future, you'd be, a, you'd make one hell of a coach. I'd want to be on your team. So. Thanks man. Yeah. I'll, I'll maybe come over to the States and come and come and have a few chats with you. And, uh, you never know. <laughs> it'd, it'd be awesome. I'd love to come and link up with similar minded people. Um, it's, uh, like I like I said, these, these, these talks and, and chats that you have with, with, I mean, with your, like people like yourself is, is what I kind of live off, you know, it's, it gives me such good energy and uh, it's so cool because you, you kind of leave these chats feeling so energized and, and, and kind of ready to, to go even further and take, take things to the next level, you know, a hundred percent. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, so right about that. Now the next world cup is in 2023 in France. How are you preparing for that? Yeah. So we've just come off um, a three, three game series against Wales, uh, which we won. So we played our last game on Saturday. So very happy. That's kind of the per- first block in preparation leading up. We've got about 18 months until the World Cup in Paris next year in France. So, yeah, really, really excited about that and um, kind of doing everything that we can to prepare. We've, we've, got, our, we've got two test matches against New Zealand, the, the, the All Blacks, in, uh, in two weeks' time here in South Africa. And then we travel to um, Argentina and um, Australia for, for a month playing over there so really exciting times ahead and all part of our our preparation leading into the world cup next year and i think each test match is so important because it kind of gives you the opportunity to test combinations um, test your game plan your strategy against other teams and i think we as a team and a squad are just taking it taking it day for day and uh, just trying to get better and uh, just you know just chasing those marginal gains every single day and i think that's where we are as a team now well, that's great. Now, recovery and rest must be very important to rugby. What do you do in terms of, or what is your protocols for rest and recovery? So I'm a big believer in, um, in contrast bathing. I think uh, Epsom salts soaks and then ice bathing, I, I believe both are really good. I know a lot of people say that there isn't a lot of scientific research or backing behind ice bathing, but I mean, I believe that anything that makes you feel better after you've done it is, 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 is great. So that's why I love ice baths. I, I get out of my ice bath feeling great afterwards. I think things like Normatex, I don't, you, I don't think you guys are quite familiar with, with Hyperice's Normatex and, yep. and all their, I use a lot of their equipment, which really helps a lot. And you can do it while you're doing analysis on teams or watching uh, training sessions. But I think the biggest thing for me is, is obviously diet. I think it's something that not a lot of people are, are very disciplined and yeah, have plans in place. I think my diet is quite important. Obviously, um, Protein shakes after training, I think whether it be multivitamins to try and keep your immune system up and strong, things like HMB. I use a product called Clear Muscle um, that's, that's got the, the HMB, which really helps me with recovery and I think gives me a bit of a competitive edge over my over other, other, other people that I play against. Um, I think as, as an athlete, you know, recovery is everything. I mean, we can all train as hard as, hard as the other person, but being able to do it the next day and the next day and next the day. next day consistently is what gets you to that level where you, you, you hard to beat, you know? So I think as I've got older, I've just realized that the recovery is so important. 
things like massages, cryotherapy. It's all all things that we that we kind of do over here. And um, yeah, man, it's it's just I suppose anything I can do recovery wise, I just jump at right away. Yeah. Now, what about sleep? Do you are you really focused on sleep? I know, like uh, Dr. Matthew Walker in his book Why We Sleep talks about you know the layman and athletes and how important it is for cognitive levels, but athletic performance. How important is sleep to you? Yeah, sleep sleep's huge. I've got a kind of a, a routine I, I follow before. I, obviously, getting a good environment to sleep and preparing to go to bed. So not just jumping in your bed and, and on your phone and things like that. I think I. I put my phone down about half an hour before I sleep. I try to get in between eight and ten hours every night. Um, quite oh, quite wow. good on that. I'm, um, I'm terrible if I have less than eight hours of sleep a night. So I just I find that I'm a bit bit slow and uh, I wake up in not the as good of a mood as I would have if I get eight hours. So um, yeah, I'm quite religious on that and I try to get to as much sleep as possible. I don't sleep during the day. A lot of a lot of the teammates and, and, and athletes that I that I play with have afternoon sleeps and things like that. I just I find it hard to kind of wake up for afternoon sessions when I when I've had an after, <laughs> afternoon nap. So I stay away from that and I just try to get extra hour in the evenings. So yeah, I, I think sleep's definitely right up there and probably if not the most important one um, with diet. Yeah, people people don't invest in that enough. They see sleep as being lazy, but we're but as so many people on this show and the successful people on this show, as we're stating, is that sleep is just as important as diet and exercise. It's one of the most imperative things that we do overlook as athletes. So we really have to invest in that. So Jesse, I'm gonna ask you a question. When is rugby gonna become popularized or or when is the popularity gonna come up in America? Because it's a great sport, it's a great cultural event, it's in colleges. When are we gonna see it really become sort of that mainstream in America? Or what needs to happen for us to do that? Man, I think I think obviously watching the MLR, that's the, the league in America, it's 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 already started to get get massive and I think you've got massive uh, international stars from all over the world. Um, a lot of them at the back end of their career, but they 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 playing over there. And I think, I mean, I've watched a few games there. And uh, um, this year, my brother playing for the for this the Seattle SeaWolves. That's his club. If American rugby can kind of go on the model and the, the business model of of what the NFL is, it's going to be unstoppable. Because I think the product of rugby that that compared to other sports is just yeah just trumps everything you know it's it's unbelievable it's there's a lot of it's action-packed guys are throwing their bodies at each other for 80 minutes giving it everything and then the level of respect shown afterwards like we chatted about earlier is something that's that's next to none so i think in that sense it's it's a really good product and i think the american people will absolutely love it and everyone in the world will 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 eventually get to love it i just think that it it needs time in america because it's a new sport and i think people need to understand it first understand the rules so i think education on the sports is starting to happen in america and there are uh, some big businessmen getting behind behind it and and backing it which is exciting so uh, yeah I'll, i'll definitely hope up or hope to end up playing in the in, in America and maybe the next five to to seven years, uh, which is which is an exciting prospect for me. Oh, that's wonderful! We'd love to have you over here. So, Jesse, what legacy with with all this? What legacy do you want to leave behind? I think big big important thing for me um, is a guy. It's, it's the legacy I want to leave behind is is someone that had an unparalleled work ethic. I think work ethic and so I think that the legacy isn't mustn't be so much about me, but more about the teams that I played with, and in and more about the teammates and and person that I was. 
I think I've kind of got past the the stage of of leaving a legacy about myself as 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 Jesse Creel, the individual. It would, it would more be about what kind of a teammate I was, what impact I had on my teammates. Was I a good friend to them? Did I know about their families? Did I did I invest in their families and in things that understood what made them tick as individuals? I think those are kind of the things that I want to leave in my legacy, and also. I suppose being a role model to the younger athletes and, and kids growing up in our country and uh, all over the world. I think that's something that's really important to me. And I, I want to be a good role model in terms of the way I present myself, the way I play and perform on the field. So that's kind of the legacy that I want to leave, leave behind one day when I'm finished. Well, you presented yourself as a very selfless, very professional individual on this show. So thank you for, thank you for your time. So where can people find out more about you on, on social media? I think Instagram's probably the the best place to go and kind of see what 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 I do and what I get up to and um, what teams I'm involved with. And I think you could also learn a bit more about rugby over there. So yeah, jump onto uh, my Instagram page, have a look there. Yeah, I, I, it would be so exciting that if, if if rugby could properly take off in the states, I really think it's it's something that's so exciting, man. And yeah, it's it gets the the blood going and the the heart pumping and I know over South in South Africa I've mentioned that it's like a religion yeah and I, I really think it'd be awesome if it gets gets going over that side. Well, you gained a fan and a follower today. Thank you so much for being on this show, Jesse. It was an honor to have you. Thanks, Jay. It's it's so so great to finally get to talk to you guys and yeah, it's also uh, inspiring to chat to guys like you that have that have achieved so much and that have got gone through tough times and yeah, uh, hopefully we can uh, catch up one day over that side in, in New York. Uh, That'd be great. Thank you again, Jesse. A big thank you to Jesse for speaking with me today about the highs and lows he has experienced in his rugby career. And thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed and leave us a review, and we'd love to hear from you. I'm Jay Cardiello, and this has been Stories of Strength, personal and inspirational tales of redefined strength, presented by MuscleTech.